It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. We're here yet again recording on a Friday night because guess what we just found out yesterday at like, I don't know, 4 p.m. We found out that there's a game between the Bruins and the New York Islanders tomorrow night at 8 p.m. So, you know, in an effort to get an episode out before the new series starts, that's what we're doing. And you know what? I got to tell you, bravo to these young men who are here with me for for making the time to do this, because it's not easy when we have to plan things, you know, 36 hours out. So thank you, Jeff. Yo. Tim. Hello, hello. And Nick. Had to cancel like seven dates tonight. Seven. But they were probably all Jets fans anyway. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, okay, wait a minute. Let's talk about the, the, the woman who doesn't like pizza. Yeah. Ugh. God, yeah. did you keep talking to her? Um, it, it's it's fading. It's fading fast. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to save you the heartache because how can you be with somebody who doesn't like your favorite food? I know. And then and she doesn't eat bagels or donuts, and those are like my second and third favorite foods. And then like, how oh. about Rice Krispie treats? That's the only dessert I make. She doesn't eat those either. So I'm like. Well, yeah, I think this is uh, this isn't meant to be there, man. Either that, or you should just like you know break up with her by giving her a bagel pizza covered in marshmallows. <laughs> I I gotta tell you, you know, I've had to change my diet recently. I'm not going to go into details. You guys have all known this. So I'm just saying I've had to change my diet recently, and my husband is super supportive of it. Not just because he doesn't want to cook. Okay, but because it's like the changes that I've had to make make are not that terrible that it's like he's he feels like he's eating rabbit food. Mm. You know what I mean? They're just like they're they're changing carbohydrates and the way that we eat certain things. And he is totally for it because everything that I'm making, uh, he has approval on it. If it's if I'm making something new and it's something that we we didn't really like, then we don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine. And that's what you want. You don't want to be with somebody who's going to be like, I don't like pizza, but I love pizza. You can't be like that, man. You can't. Oh, she does eat sushi, which I know I'm a vegetarian. I make an acceptance for sushi because those are like sushi. I said, oh, have you been to this place in Greensboro? It's my favorite sushi spot. Yeah, it's not that good. I'm like, what the hell? Anyway. No. Yeah. Um, hockey. Diet. Yes, hockey. Hockey. Yep. yep. We don't need to talk about diets anymore. You should always have someone who's supportive. That's all I'm saying. She ain't supportive. You know? No, that's not supportive. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to put out an apology first off, right off the bat. Uh, this is all on me. Last week, I know that the audio was not up to my standards. And I, I'm sorry, I was just in fuck it mode last week. Where I, I was thinking, like, sometimes I think, like, something's worse in my head than it is. And then it's like, no, it was just as bad as you thought it was. So I apologize for anybody who had difficulties. Uh, I, I'm i not blaming anybody but myself, okay? By the way, listeners, you should see this. Tim's dog is just totally, like, loving on him right now. So it's just that- absolutely demolishing him. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we can reasonably infer that marlo is feeling well these days yes yes he must be feeling better so that that's very good he's he's given tim all the love that he needs to to give him and that is very cool and okay so yeah he's uh, he's in the mood um i mean he seems like his like himself um he um he has a follow-up appointment next week, so hopefully everything turns out okay with that. But he seems to be doing okay. He's acting normal, and he's not acting like he's in pain or anything like that, so that's good. It looked like you were being attacked by a Muppet, which was fine. <laughs> I mean, we should all be attacked by Muppets in our lifetime. Uh, you know what I got from my dog today? Three ticks that I got to pull off of him. So, you know, hey, I get to play with fire. It's all good. But anyway... Yes, we are here to talk about hockey. So I just want to say 
right off the bat, the three of you were correct last week when you said that the Bruins uh, didn't really even need to put the final nail in the coffin because it was already closed and hermetically sealed uh, on the Capitals. So I know that uh, Nick and, and Jeff had that right, right from the beginning. Tim jumped on the bandwagon. I I was like, my gut. Yeah, my gut was wrong. I mean, the cap showed more life than I expected. They took like an utterly insane number of shots, although they also weren't like terribly, you know, good ones. Because um, if you ever seen it, those you know plots with the blobs, um, there was an abyss in front of Boston's net. Mm-hmm. Just nothing happened there the entire series. Like apparently, the Caps only had eighteen high danger chances in five games. Dang. I- I mean, I would like to say that Tuca's like a black hole, but he's like the opposite because he seems to repel that. <laughs> well, and again, it's because like at the moment, assuming this carries on, he carries on to the appropriate depth in the playoffs. McAvoy does feel like he's having the con- a con Smythe sort of playoffs. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, it, we are very lucky that the Bruins defense uh, has coalesced in time and, and injuries have have chored up uh, in time for this uh, playoff run. Whew. Words, words are hard, man. Words are hard. So, yeah, so that's great. We no longer have to think about the sentient boat shoe. The Capitals are going to have to figure out what they're going to do with Ovi. Oshi Kuznetsov, who sounds like he is out of town because I read some Twitter comments and fans in Washington are done with his shit. Oh yeah, I, I, that was one of the things I did the next morning was go, go into the uh, look into the comments on uh, on the athletic on the athletics postmortem story and on um, uh, Japer's rank the SB the SB Nation site and it's not good. My guess is um, they end up uh, trading him for like one of Columbus's goalies plus because Columbus kind of doesn't have any centers. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not Merzlikens, please. Not Merzlikens. Like, would, they would be fools to to trade Merzlikens and 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 and, uh, and keep Corpusalo, I think. But you know, I'm not Jarmo. I I want to see Merzlikens. I guess I could see him anywhere, but I like I like him. I, I was like, oh man, I'm so sad that he doesn't have Lino to give him the hugs anymore. And then the girl, there was this girl who wrote a sign that was like. I'll give you a hug. So he came up to the glass post victory and and they hugged and it was so sweet. I was like, I'll give you a hug. I will give you hugs. I, I think he's adorable. I have no idea what he looks like at all, but I just think that the whole Merzlikens package, that's very cute. I love it. Well, Columbus beat, beat writers, particularly like Adam Portsline, are absolutely convinced is like they could turn him into an incredibly marketable local star. Yeah. <laughs> I, why not? He's fun. Uh, hockey should be fun. I mean, hockey's oh, a lot there's of no things. Comp- there's no real competition except Ohio State in that city, right? So, like, the hockey – if that team got good, there's plenty of space for those hockey players to become local superstars. <laughs> well, I mean, they've got one of their own back home, Roslovic, right? Yeah. And Corrali, who knows? He might go back home. <laughs> yeah, they need some centers. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> – you know, I got to tell you, I love Corelli's role on this team being a left shot center in that he, there's certain spots on the ice where he's good at the faceoff. None of our other <laughs> centers are good at it. They're like, no, no, bring out Corelli. But it's this. really only that one spot, which is why he's been better off at left wing. You know, most of the time it's, it's Lazar's problem. <laughs> right. No, I, I just love it. So. Okay, so okay, I got my Corelli talk out right right off the bat. So yeah, so the the Bruins won that that last game. Uh, pasta reignited, um, or finally took off. I mean, like again, you know, he was he was had some ungodly number of shots before before yes. finally putting one in in game four there, right? So I I hope the spark took. I hope it took. Well, he, he elevated to being the Bruins' top scorer in the playoffs so far. He passed McAvoy. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, I just, you know, it's like if you have that first line buzzing and then that second line buzzing, it's like fantastic. Uh, 
Yeah, J.G. Pajot on the third line in the next round scares me a bit, but like the two top lines are just such absolute fucking units compared to what uh, the Isles can roll out there in the top six. (laughs) Well, you know, after the whole acquisition, J.G. Pajot was not as much of a force um, against the Bruins. I don't know. Maybe it was because Paul Mary neutralized him. (laughs) 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 Paul Mary without his beard. (laughs) Lou, you should have left him with the beard. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so that, that does bring about our next topic. I mean, how much can we beat this dead horse that is the Washington Capitals? Not much more. We'll talk about Zdeno Chara a little bit later. But right now, let's talk about the new mass- matchup, which is, uh, I bet, so exciting to so many people. First of all, yes, one of your third or fourth seeds will be coming out of the East. Um, also, the, the Brutes have home ice advantage this round, despite being the three seed in a four-team in, in, in a four-team tournament. <laughs> I know, and you know what's fantastic? I'm going to tomorrow night's game. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's the first to... one with like like fourteen thousand people, right? Like it's uh, yeah, it's the... going to be near capacity, if not fully. That's yeah, going to be so... a ruckus. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an absolute wagon. I imagine we're all gonna be wearing masks, and that's fine. And uh, I mean, I'm fully back, so that's that's fine. My husband's got a couple of days to go, but he's going. Right. He's actually going to a game. Uh, and you know, my husband lost fifty pounds during the pandemic, so the seats that he complained about, he's gonna have oodles of room in. So I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. Be, he's a tallish guy, though. There's gonna be some. He's still gonna have the knee room issues, is he not? <laughs> Potentially, but if we're in the same seats that we were in before, like uh, because um, Ben's getting new seats, if we're in the same ones that we were in for that last Islanders game, they're going to be near the bar, so they're not going to fucking care. Because mm. he's like right in front of the uh, rafters bar. Okay. Which was like, he was like, yeah, this is what I want. I want to be right in front of the bar. The bar. Uh. So, you know. There are things that, you know, certain amenities that make it okay. So it's okay because I can't drink. I can be a designated driver. It's so fantastic. It's anyway. a blast, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> but... <laughs> Proper answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look like you're not a hostage. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, Bruins have home ice. That means they have a potential of four games if it goes to seven uh, of being at home. And uh, the Bruins, it's very interesting because I I did hear Ty Anderson on the radio this morning on Toucher and Rich. I happened to be in the car at the right time. And he was talking about how much he likes the idea of this series where most people are like, oh, my God. Uh, You know, basically, he did describe the Islanders as trying to uh, take hockey back. (laughs) <laughs> back a few years <laughs> you know what I mean uh, put it back not take it back put it back a few years because you know it, it's not the neutral zone trap but boy oh boy Larry, uh, Larry Trotz is gonna call him let's try that again Barry Trotz not his brother Larry <laughs> Barry Trotz really loves clogging up the neutral zone and and doing all sorts of super defensive hockey and yeah, so so Ty likes the idea of having these close nail biter games, which we've seen that we, uh, you know when the Bruins are up on their game, not the the previous five games of the season, but the last three after they got Hall, when they're up on their game, you know they could they could shut the the Islanders out, or it can be a very close game that goes into overtime. Again, the big thing, you know, the first five games, Islanders kicked Boston's ass partly because they were able to, well, expand out and keep Boston from getting into the zone. Adding Hall completely broke that system. Just shattered Mm -hmm. it. Suddenly every player could find their way through. Mm -hmm. Now, do I expect it to be be, be able to walk through the door like they did in those first couple games? Probably not, but... No, no, because it's playoff hockey, so things are a little bit different. Everybody's finding their extra gear... But at the same time, we're up against a team playing Leo fucking Komarov as their first line left wing. Like, that's not how you win a game, I think. 
Also, um, Ilya Sorokin doesn't really uh, scare me much. And he's been playing more than Varlamov, so. Yeah, what, what's up with Varlamov? Kind of injured, is kind of what I hear. His feelings are hurt? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, the only reason he was the only goalie that lost his starting job in that one is because the Pens had no one else to put in besides Jari. That's true, too. <laughs> Otherwise, Jari would have been just like Varlamov, would have also lost his starting position, his starting job. <laughs> you know, I gotta tell you, we are really damn lucky that we have the goalies that we have. I mean, yeah. poor Halak this year just struggled mightily. He, it was his time to fall off the cliff. But Tuka, man, when he came back, he came back. Yeah. He was, he was ready to play, which, you know, I mean, the first time he came back, no. Turns out he wasn't ready. But when he came back really fully ready, he was on. And that was like the best thing. It was the best time for him. Well, and they were able to, you know, scratch him the days he wasn't even starting, right? Which was important. And like, like, and you know that we that was only possible because uh, Swayman uh, decided that he was going to be about a year and a half ahead of schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Swayman came out of nowhere. I mean, I think he was what seven and three in his ten starts. So I mean, it gave the Bruins the luxury of not having to overwork to get the end there and stuff like that. Right, and also Swayman's cheap, but, so it's like for you know. So basically, you can you can have the three goalies there without much issue. I mean, like assuming if 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 the good thing happens through all of this, it'll be an interesting whether or not the Bruins have to apply for special permission to get Halak's name on the cup uh, name though on on things though. Again, assuming the good thing happens. Mm. So I don't know. He didn't play enough. I don't know if he even dressed for enough games in the regular season. Oh, because he missed the time. It's true. I'm sure that would be allowed. Hey, NHL Stanley Cup people, our backup goalie didn't play enough games, but it's also a shortened season. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure they prorate, they're prorating the threshold for things like that too, right? And they count um, dressed for. It's the – yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Savard got on the cup? Uh, Savard did. They had to apply for special permission. They'd asked for both right. Savard and Camper, And the league did not give them Camper. Ah, That sucks. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure Hallock's name gets on the cup. Don't worry. He'll go in there with his own tools. Yeah. <laughs> he might spell it wrong. It might be Hallock. Hallock. Haroslav Jalak? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're very lucky that we have the goaltending situation that we we have. And uh, Pete Blackburn on Bally Sports was talking about how uh, he was doing the postmortem on the the Penguins. And he said, yeah, their defense and their goalie. It's like, you know, the the problem with uh, Jari is that he's streaky. And unfortunately, he was on a downward streak during that series. And, you know, the defense didn't help him out because we know that their defense was just terrible. And so he was like, oh, yeah, being a Boston guy and knowing that a percentage of the fan base absolutely hates Tuka Rask, these Boston people don't understand what they have. They really don't. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Tuka deserves criticism from time to time. I get it. The truth is, is like, on the whole, he's a really good to great goaltender. I think what it is is just none of them remember anything that happened before 2009. Yep. Well, a lot of them are like newer fans, right? Or people who have been forced to watch hockey because it's a thing. I mean, because like, 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 if they know what bad goaltending looks like, they'd, you know, they, they, they shudder at the name Jeff Hackett. Or, oh my God, I was just about to bring up Jeff Hackett. Like, <laughs> anyone remember in 2003 when our two goalies in the playoffs were Jeff Hackett and Steve Shields? My God. Hey, Steve Shields had a legendary mask. Okay, probably the coolest. I know everyone, you know, cheesy cheevers. Often people say he's got the coolest Boston mask, which is true. But in of mo- the modern era, you know, of using technology to protect your face. As opposed to a dinner plate with holes in it. Yes. <laughs> um, um, 
Yeah, Jeff Hackett had the, the coolest mask. Partly because it was inspired because of... I thought you said it was Steve Shields. Or is it Jeff Hackett? Oh, sorry, I misspoke. Shields, Steve Shields. No, Jeff Hackett... The coolest thing about Jeff Hackett, there's a hockey card out there where um, he is wearing the Pooh Bear jersey, his Montreal Canadiens pads, but in the offseason he signed with Philly, so it has the Philly logo on the hockey card. It's like, like, wow, three teams, one card. I actually have it somewhere. I bought like a couple of them, and I use them as bookmarks. But yes, Shields. Coolest, yes. um, he had he, he has several masks that looked pretty cool. Apparently, yeah. I mean, he played for Buffalo, and that one looked like it had a knight on it or something. This one looks like a shark. Yes, yes. With, with the Bruins, he it's got shiny eyes. Too. Um, it had a it was like um, what? Carey Price did a similar thing for the outdoor game. It was like. A, a person wearing a old school hockey mask. Yeah, Steve Shields was the one who started that. But like, it actually had little ears on the side of it painted on the mask. It was cool. Yeah, it was like basically. Oh. Like, yeah, it was basically yeah. like Gary Cheevers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, because I was looking at that and I was like, that is. Oh, now in context. It's a, okay. It's, it's oh, a modernized yeah. Cheevers. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like the. It has. It, I think it's the coolest mask. It's so it's, good. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, what? The masks just don't look like that? Right? You know, like, and then I'm like, wait a minute, that makes no sense. But now that you said that, I'm like, oh my God, I looked closer. It's so funny. Yeah, it's so good. Well, it's like, it's got to be my favorite mask of a Bruins of a Bruins player. The, the only close one that's a close second is the Malcolm Zuban uh Grim Reaper Bear. Grim Reaper's pretty sweet. Oh, that, yeah. was, that was pretty good. You, you know, uh, you gotta have a sense of humor and you gotta be a weirdo to be a goalie. It's true. Yeah, and Peter Berdyan is Ned Flanders' love. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you know. Uh, Anton Hudobin acting just like a, a huge t- cuddly teddy bear. <laughs> Anton Hudobin acting like he's trying to give advice, and then I forgot who the player they interviewed was. It was like, I don't know what he said. And <laughs> was like, yeah, I think I helped. <laughs> Getting back to the series. I'm very intrigued by this series. Because I feel like the Bruins can do any number of things. They can have some close games. They could blow this team out. They could definitely shut this team out. We could be looking at one nothing shutouts easily. Yeah. So that is some really intense hockey. It's not the kind of hockey that everybody likes, but as Ty Anderson said this morning, he doesn't really like a game that's like all the goals. Thank you. I get so irritated with hockey writers complaining, you know, pining for the 80s. I'm like, fuck you. Oh, (laughs) KPD. Well, even like people that are otherwise, you know, like, you know, not complete idiots, like, like, I don't know, McIndo, McIndo, for example, he's one of the worst for this, Lambert. Uh. (laughs) McIndo, he must be about my age or a little bit older, right? So he grew up in the 80s watching the blowouts and then, then it was the dead puck era. You know what my favorite Bruins game is? And I'm sure there's a lot of nostalgia w- attached to it. Game seven, Stan- Eastern Conference Stan- Finals. Yeah, yeah <laughs> against Tampa. Yep. One nothing. That- One nothing. Th- no penalties. Yeah. That game is on the DVD, the DVD set that celebrates that win. They have the four games that they won uh, against the Canucks, and then they have that game as well. Yeah, that game was unreal. I maybe watched that game this week. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And it was like I for, forgot how like just entertaining that was. I mean, there was chances both either side. Goalies were incredible, nice hits. Oh yeah, hitting even ten years ago, and like the clutch and grabbing even ten years ago would not fly today. I'm like, 
even in the playoffs. I'm like, whoa, that man just pulled out a, an axe. That's a fucking bowie knife. Oh, there's blood on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where did he get that? That collapsible chair. Jump the top rope. Where did you find the top rope? I don't know. Oh no! Is that Thornton's music I hear? <laughs> uh, yeah, that game was incredible. I, I just, I mean, in seeing these wacky scoring games. I think are only fun every once in a while. If every yeah, game's like, like worst, that, then it's the worst like hockey games I've ever seen was it was it was a game of but was it uh, between Halifax and the and and Bathurst. It ended eleven ten. <laughs> the worst game of hockey I have ever seen, and that's even worse than the Mooseheads game where everyone gave up. gave up after they gave up five goals and threw and threw the bear for for for, for the um, uh, for the teddy bear toss, despite the fact the Mooseheads had not yet scored a goal. Oh, yeah, yeah, protest bears. <laughs> I get it. Blowout games—they're fun for a palate cleanser. Yeah, You know, but you don't want to see that all the time, especially in the playoffs, because that just gives you this idea that one of these teams doesn't belong. Right. Right. And that's not what you want to to feel like. I think close defensive battles in playoffs is different than watching it during the regular season. Well, because they're actual good teams doing defensive battles. Right, and it's there's an intensity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always an intensity with playoff hockey. Playoff hockey. I don't care if you never ever watch the regular season. You should if you just want to tune in for playoff hockey. That's where it's all at. Yeah, I was taking a drawing class a couple of years ago, and I was just so bothered by the fact that playoff hockey was happening, and I was not home to see it. That I was like, I'm sorry, I have to leave playoff hockey. And that's what I said, and that, and then I left, and I don't think I came back. The next week, like, well, she must have won the cup then. Okay, <laughs> that was like game seven. I'll never forget game seven of, that the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. I had quantitative analysis class, and my teacher, my professor, was not a fan of any sport except ballroom hey, dancing. Cat. And ballroom dancing, and so. Uh, I had to sit in the back of the classroom watching a stream muted for the first period. The second period, I was driving home. And the third period, I actually watched on TV. Wow. Yeah, I think we actually watched. I That was before I was a hockey fan. But I had watched the gold medal game of the 2010 Olympics. And I felt so bad for Ryan Miller. Oh, it was heartbreaking because mm. that was such a close game. So good. Um, so, but that that didn't quite sway me, and then neither did the cup, uh, because uh, Mandy, you know. No. Uh oh, what? Mandy's cheering for the mild tonight against Vegas. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have pretty awesome reverse retros. I love their reverse retro. Hmm. Hmm. Look. They can only win if they promise to take out the abs, which I don't think they can. Maybe they can. Yes. No, I don't know. I mean, if they can take out, although they, for whatever reason, had Vegas's number this year. Like, like even in the regular season, they played Vegas really well for, of all teams. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I wasn't quite sold on watching the cup, but we have a thing where it's like, uh, if, uh, if a Boston team is in, the uh in the final or whatever of of their their league then we'll watch that so we're not complete assholes i have watched red sox world series i have watched the nba finals when the celtics are are in it obviously super bowls and uh you know so you know i was trying hockey at that point but i wasn't quite sold and i it was before glenn even told me any of his hockey past it was so weird but anyway, that must have been fun to watch it in real time. I'm I'm jealous. I I'm envious of those who were fans at that point. So just me being a bandwagoner now, you know. So we know about their their goaltending. Uh, we don't know what's up with Varlamov. 
uh, although he's the guy that they played against most of the year. The, the the game and a half they played against Sorokin didn't go for what didn't go well for Sorokin though, or two and a half games. Basically, they played when they played Valarmov when the Isles were winning. Yeah, yeah. And Sorokin when the Bruins were. So like that seems like a positive thing to me. The the Isles had a really good streak for a while, and then they they kind of lost their lead in the East, and they didn't quite bounce out, but they didn't quite bounce back either. I like the the matchup. I mean, Anders Lee is out. That's when they started taking a little bit of a nosedive when he got the tear of his ACL and his MCL and all that. Well wishes to him, obviously. He's got surgery. He'll bounce back at some point. But they took a little bit of a dive after that. And I worry about the Pulak-Pelik pair only because I never know who they're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> you know what i think maybe that's part of why they're a good defensive pairing it's just no one can keep track of who's who it's like tweedledee and tweedledum <laughs> or tweedledum and tweedledee <laughs> pelic pelic yeah so so yeah it could be that all of their stats combine to one player but nobody knows which one it is right and like they're a really good pair you good pairing but um mcavoy grizzly is better okay Okay. Look, the team is defensively minded. We know that. If I never hear JG Pajot's name ever again, it'll be good. Quite frankly, I can't hear Jack Edwards ever shout his name again. He gets too excited, man. You gotta stop it. I mean, like, second round, no more Jack Edwards, so, like, we're cool for now. Is that true? Because that that how that usually goes? Yeah, the home announcers don't touch a single game after the first round. That's how it usually goes, but Nesson didn't act like that's what was happening. So, I mean, tomorrow night's game is on NBC. So, but I, I don't. Rico or uh, Albert? Probably Albert. Probably Albert and Olchik. Yeah. Uh, Albert and Olchik, by, uh, by the way, are going over to TNT in the fall. It's, uh, and- yeah, Boucher is signed with ESPN. Along with Hextall, who's doing some, Leah Hextall's doing some games. Uh, but it sounds like she's going to be calling among other sports that they do as well. So that's good. And they haven't quite figured out their lead team yet on ESPN. But I know that Ray Ferraro is going, or Ferraro is going there for uh, for analyst work. And then, of course, we found out this week that when Gretzky is going to be their lead studio analyst on TNT. The man does never had anything interesting to say about anything his entire life. I don't think it's good because I think the exact reason why somebody like Bruce Cassidy can be a good coach is the reason why Gwen Gretzky is not a good analyst or a good coach. Well, exactly. You're so far removed. You're so good. You don't need to really think about any of what's happening around you. Yeah, you just do it. You, you like your instincts are good. Your talents are sublime. You just make it happen. Whereas like a guy who's had to sit and watch the game really and have to really think about it will know a lot more. So there there are more interesting people that they could have had. I mean, there's a reason why it's like Anson Carter, uh, you know, gets a lot of airtime on NBC now. It's because, you know, not to say he was a terrible player or anything. I actually personally didn't watch him, but he played a significant amount of games and he knows the game, right? Because he wasn't like number one guy on the team, but he knows the game from playing it and watching it. So uh, there's a lot to be said for that. There's going to be a lot of people going going around looking for jobs, and there are two networks, which is great. So there should be plenty of, of jobs around, not to mention, you know, reshuffling an NHL network or something. So it'll be interesting. This is just the stuff that we know. I just think that the idea of Wayne Gretzky going there, I'm not impressed. I understand the thinking, but I think it's short-sighted. Yeah, he might do it for a couple of years. He's getting $3 million per, so... Well, but, but, but what I mean is, no, not, that's not, maybe short-sighted wasn't the wrong word. It's just like, okay, yeah, big name, great. But again, don't we want people that actually have something useful to say? Maybe he'll like drop a couple of f bombs. I would be like, "Whoa, Wayne Gretzky said an f bomb on live TV." Well, the whole thing I find very interesting is this: I didn't know that he and Charles Barkley had the relationship that they do. 
they, oh. they're apparently very good friends. And Barkley was instrumental in getting him to come on over to uh, TNT. So that to me is more interesting than any of this. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I love it when guys who play different sports are friends. I mean, if it weren't for Joe Sackick and Popeye Jones, like talking a little bit, Seth Jones might true. not have gotten into hockey the way that he did, right? Very true. Well, so, it's just Seth is brother Caleb too, right? You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know, but like Seth is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he is a big teddy bear. I just want to hug him and make him cook me something because apparently he likes to cook. But of all people. Charles Barkley. That's such a random. I mean, I know, I know they're both Hall of Famers, and they're both like kind of have played their respective sports at high levels and all that, and they can kind of relate to each other because they have played um, their respective sports at such high levels and Hall of Famers stuff like that. But it's just, it's just a random pairing. They're well, just... I know. Oh, sorry. Uh, Barkley was in Phoenix for a while. I don't know because I, I don't know how long Gretzky was down in Phoenix coaching and doing whatever. Three seasons. But, I mean, they could have had some overlap in some way. Um, and Charles Barkley, he's very outgoing. So it wouldn't surprise me if they just met up at some event that Barkley would go out of his way to, to introduce himself and you could be fast pals from there. That's true. I mean, Barkley definitely does seem like the outgoing, hi, nice to meet you, I'm Charles Barkley type. Like, you know. Yeah. I just love it when people from different sports find their commonalities. And it's not always in sports. So I think it's it's a great thing. You know, it's like Tuca it used to be good friends with Steve Gutskowski, you know. So that was cool. You know, unfortunately, Gutskowski is now done with the Titans, I think, or something like that. So, uh I feel sad for Tuca. Anyway. Yeah, so getting back to uh to the, <laughs> the Bruins Islander series. Yeah, I mean, these teams teams have seen each other eight times this year. The first five times, eh, we're not really counting those because everything's different since Taylor Hall came in. Taylor Hall, who during the last game that they played, started it up and ended it. He just came onto the ice and overtime was like, fuck it, we're winning this. It was beautiful. I loved it. So, what do we think is going to happen with this series, guys? Bruins in six. Ooh. Bruins in five. Some swagger, eh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Probably means I'm wrong, but that's okay. I'm happy to be wrong. I was wrong last time, but as long as the Bruins win, I don't care how many games mm. it is. I know Barry trots out a tough defensive team there, so I'm going to say Bruins and six. <laughs> you know, um, my dad and I were uh, texting a lot about this uh, uh, series this morning before I went to work, and my dad really didn't put up any stats or compelling arguments. Uh, well, I guess it was a comp- uh, he put up a compelling emotional argument. And I'll go with what my dad told me. Bruins in seven. Oh. Wow, we are all over the place, huh? I mean, are we, though? We all still called, like, the same net outcome. (laughs) I... The Bruins are better than the Islanders. Like, I... There's... Like, I... There's nowhere that the Islanders are just flat-out superior honestly i think the bruins are five games are winning five games better than islanders i just don't actually think it's going to happen yeah yeah i mean things can turn on turn on a dime and sometimes there's going to be like a stupid game in here at least one if not two yep yep that could very well happen and I happened to take a look at a tweet by dom jitson yeah, his yes. um, uh, his his particular model favors Boston in five by like landslide numbers. <laughs> yeah, it was like eighty percent to twenty percent or something. This is probabilities, was, yeah. Uh, I was like looking at that, and that was I had already made up my mind. I made up my mind yesterday when I told Tim very confidently 
that the Bruins in five. I looked at that this morning and I went, it'll be really terrible if none of that works out. But that's with his model not particularly liking any of our bottom six. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. If the fourth line can do what they've been doing in the last couple of games and the third line can find something resembling scoring, then that will be a great big thing. Richie and and, and DeBrusque, like, you know, did what you want from third line wings in that last series. And Coyle had some good games. So the third line was good. The only thing which scares me about our fourth line is that they can get, I saw it happen a lot, not so much in game five, but they can get pinned in their zone very badly. They they were just they just chase and chase and chase and chase. But they do a good job of you know forechecking. So it's they're not useless. But I mean if there were calamity, there's always Frederick and Kuhlman right there. Right. <laughs> yep, you can swap some people in, you know. What do you think about the physicality of the uh the Islanders? Do you think the Bruins are gonna end up a little more banged up? Boston just Bruins held their held their own and in the end really dictated most of the physicality in a series against the fucking Caps. Mm-hmm. Like I think that evidence point alone basically means that like the physicality is uh, not going to be that big an issue. Yeah, I mean the Bruins got hit a lot by the Caps and they were just like, "Be mad, bro." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like don't get me wrong like yeah you know you're gonna get banged around you're playing against cal clutterbuck clutterbuck (laughs) (laughs) fluster cuck (laughs) leo komarov might give you the uh, you know an old spear every now and then and then then matt martin so yeah but like oh yeah komarov got pissed off in that last game uh, uh, in in the regular season, he threw somebody the ice. It was uh, pasta. It was pasta. pasta. Yeah, yeah. speared him right in the belly. Oh yeah, that's right. It was button boom. Uh, because we were sitting there on the other end, and we we're like, "What happened?" And we had to actually consult uh, because our view from that of that angle it happened so quickly. Like you know, we just saw pasta on the ice rolling around. Um, so we didn't know. So we had to look on Twitter to find out what happened. But oh man. Yeah, that that was terrible. So, um, <laughs> so we don't need we don't need Brad licking him to set him off. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think I, if I was if I was Brad Brad facing him across like a fa- across at a face off, just you know, not lick him, just <laughs> just stick my tongue out at him, just just just. <laughs> Okay, and one thing to talk about that is not directly related to these two teams. Um, we will, you know, we'll have a week to watch these games. We'll talk about these uh, this matchup a little bit more as it as, as it's happening. But I want to ask you what you thought about uh, Pat Maroon on the faceoff, choosing not really to go uh, after the puck, not not really to face off the puck, but to uh, cross check Nolachari. It's a uh... Dirty play. I mean, I that mean, series got stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you, as a center, you're going to take a face-off, you can play the body and try to win it back with your feet. That is totally allowed, and usually some pushing and shoving. Yeah, we see that yeah. all the time. But if you are actually trying to win a face-off, you cannot defend yourself against a cross-check. No, in fact, I, I your, your face is um, roundly presented for them to uh, break the bridge of your nose with that cross check. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just uh, Maroon is just garbage. It was a very Pat Maroon thing to do. Where was that face off? I'm curious. Can anyone remember? Center ice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was center ice. Okay, okay, never mind. Like, yeah, I think it was the beginning of a period. Because this is what, if it was not the center ice, um, I'm going to call back on a very, very clean player, Milan Lucic. Because 
I, I, I watched Game 7, like Eastern Conference Finals 2011. When Lucic was called to the face-off dot, which he was, like, sucked, he would attempt to shoot the puck. That's what he did every <laughs> single time in the offensive zone. Which is, that's not dirty. But, like, if there was a player who would be like, all right, who would probably just be an absolute dick on a face-off? Lucic? No, he did something productive. He knew he wasn't going to win, so go for the sneaky move. Go do the shot attempt. Loach, why are you gearing up for a slapper at the face-off dot? <laughs> in, in old school NHL like video games, you used to be able to do that, and every so often it'd work, where you could get like a goal from the face-off from the uh, center ice because you did that because like the compute if you're playing against the computer, the goalie wasn't prepared for it obviously, and it would just glitch out, and it was really hilarious. I used to try to I used to do it all the time. Because it was fun. Maybe Luce tried that in a game and then he decided to do it in real life. Maybe. (laughs) I've I've done it from the blue line and almost scored. But I also play against hacks. Myself. I was going to say, you play beer leagues. (laughs) I do. There's like no no strategy to win a face-off in beer league like everyone's just everyone's playing for themselves on a face-off he's like he's like the closest you do is you try to figure out if the other guy's seeing one or two pucks right now right, right. <laughs> my favorite thing on a face-off is uh and i've seen pasta do this where instead of trying to win the face-off you just you don't even try to play for the puck. You just slip in between the two guys that you're you're facing off uh, against, and just try to get the puck when it goes behind them. Oh yeah, and then yeah, I saw Pasta do that in Providence. It was it was a little bit after Patrick Kane had done it, so I think Pasta was just doing the look what I can do, and it was like that was one of the first moments that I was like, oh my god, this kid, he's not gonna be here long. <laughs> he did not finish the season in, in Providence, as we remember. So, no, it's good, good times, good times. So, all right, guys. So we know. That, so we think the Bruins are going to win in in five, six, or seven games. That's very interesting. I I can't wait to see what happens uh, by the next time that we record because I there could be four games played. We don't know. We don't really know what the schedule is yet, do we, Jeff? No, only only tomorrow. There, there's <laughs> apparently no. There is apparently no June, according to the Bruins website. <laughs> what is this June you speak of? <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna take a quick look to make sure that. Uh, oh, I've been refreshing know. like a lot during this podcast. I'm like, come on, I have next week to plan for. I know. Come on, guys. Like seriously. This is just dumb. Let's see playoffs. I'm gonna just do like, this one thing. Are, are they waiting to schedule them till they find out what happens to the Celtics or something? Uh. I mean, even if they're doing that, you can just like the Celtics are gonna get either losing four or losing five. Like the the they're the seven seed, the Nets are the two seed. The Celtics aren't going anywhere. Um. My thought is they want they probably want to figure out what's going to happen with the Toronto series. Like, do you want to how like how many games do you want to play before that series ends? I mean, I know Toronto for whatever reason started way late. Well, because they were waiting for the North to finish their regular season. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, because now. Which makes, it doesn't seem to make sense to me because a, like like it didn't. I, they could have just started, like Calgary and whoever it was, Calgary and Vancouver, Vancouver playing random <laughs> Three games. Three just comprehensively playoffs. unnecessary games at the end there. Yeah, I think that what happened was that the Habs still needed to assert their dominance into the fourth slot, and Canuck, the Canucks had enough games. There was like you know the magic number thing. Where basically they had enough games in play that they could, if they won them all, they could overtake the Canadians until there was a certain n- number 
of games that they lost or something. So I think Canucks lost a couple of games and then the Habs got the fourth slot. So they literally played the first North playoff game the day uh, of the the last day of the regular season for the, the Canucks and Flames. So, yeah, so that's what happened. You know, and that was the Oilers and, and, and the Jets, I think, that played. Yeah. Because, yeah. 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 Toronto and and and, <laughs> and Montreal are, are still going because <laughs> uh, because the Leafs couldn't put that game away last night. I was going to say, like, that series could run until Monday. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I really. I wanted to like as much as I hate rooting for Montreal, having the Habs or having the Leafs lose in the first round after like dominating the division all year would be just absolutely hilarious. And then either the Habs or the Jets, two comprehensively undeserving teams. One of them will make it to the one of them will make it to the to to, to um uh, I was gonna say conference finals, but that's not really what that is this year. Semi-final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I think it's it's hilarious. Uh, keep going, keep going, Habs. I'm so, rooting for you. I also kind of want the Habs to win, but the thought of a Toronto Boston Stanley Cup final is like, oh my god, that's hilarious. It is. A lot of things would have to happen still for that to happen, but I still kind of just. Love the delicious shot in Florida of the, the Leafs losing in the first round. No, <laughs> um, I do. Folks, that would be um uh, all um uh, that would be like five years in a row with uh, with this core losing in the first round. You blow up a team that does that usually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want the Leafs, no matter who they're playing, but for as long as Patrice Bergeron is playing in this league. I want the Leafs to be cursed to go out in the first round or before. <laughs> yeah, but like seriously, if they do, like they're gonna have to blow it up because, like, they're talking about both the both the Pens and the Caps are blowing it up. There's people talking about blowing these teams up because they've lost in the first round since their most recent cups. I'll point out that all of these are fewer than the number of first round um, uh, loss, oh. series losses that the Leafs have um, post- posted in 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 similar period. Yeah, Leafs lost to Columbus in that play-in tournament. Yeah, and then two years against Boston, and they lost in the first round against the Caps the year before that. Yeah, The first couple of games that Columbus played against the Lightning in the next round mm-hmm. was amazing. Yep. You know what? Yeah. That, I loved that, 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 that super like like ultra-overtime game because I had no skin in it. I didn't care in the least what happened at the end. It was wonderful. I I watched and watched and watched because I didn't really care who would win. And it was just so, so long. And the Bruins even got bumped. Yeah, They got bumped because of that game. And it was like, I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> don't want to jinx anything, but a Carolina-Boston Stanley Cup final would be cool, too. I'd be interested. You must have some idea what the hypothetical... Um, uh how the breakout's going to be because like are they reseeding at both the second and the third and fourth rounds or i guess it doesn't matter in the cup final but like they're reseeding they they're they're doing a, they're reseeding in the third in the for the semifinals right correct if the abs keep winning uh, the bruins will have to face the abs in the next round are you really seated behind uh well, i mean the it, it's based on on your regular season wins at this point at that point so the Avs were much better team. Well, yeah, but like hypothetically, if Winnipeg makes it through that far somehow, depending oh. on how it, then we would play Carolina or Tampa, I guess. Uh. Hmm. I like my chances against Tampa better than I would the Avs. Tampa so scares me. I'm just like I, I. I uh... <sighs> They got everyone back. Went on the deep run here. We didn't have to go through Tampa. (laughs) Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, if the Bruins would have two second between two humiliating second round exits against them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Bruins really lucked out that year. If they had screwed up, 
I think if they had screwed that up, I think that uh, there would have been people losing their jobs. Honestly. Oh yeah, once um uh, once Tampa got swept by Columbus, the uh, the, the lane was clear. <laughs> I hope that they sent the Columbus Blue Jackets something. Torts send him something. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's another thing. Torts out in in uh, Columbus. Yep. Mutually he wanted to part ways. He had actually wanted to leave before the season started. Yeah, it sounds like apparently Felino talked him into staying. Mm. Yeah, it worked out well for everyone, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that really just, like, absolutely spiffing. I mean, like, good for the Columbus getting John Davidson back, though. That's a big get for them. It, was it a surprise, though? I, oh, I knew he'd go right no, back. Once, got, once he was kicked out, well, once the, the rags defenestrated him, it was almost certain he was going to crawl back. <laughs> knew that was going to happen. Mile away. I mean, it's going to be fun next year to see what happens with all of the carousels and, and, and stuff and where everybody ends up because it's not for sure that Dougie's going to stay in Carolina. He could come back to the... No, he's not going to come back to the Bruins. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't even want it. I just thought it was funny to build up to that. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Zidane Chara for a minute. He is taking a little time to think about it. Uh, that sounded different than other times he said he needs to think about stuff, too. What did I say last week? Yep. What did I say last week? I watched that thing on Peacock about him, and he said that he had consulted his family, but he overrode his one daughter who was just, or his daughter who said, I'd really like you to stay home. He's like, I'm going to try it one more time. He did look absolutely dejected. In that final game, you know, when they lost. Yes. Oh, yeah, the, the, the handshake line. Oh, my God. Oh, him, fuck. Him am hugging I, Charlie. Am I the only heartless bastard on this podcast? Yes, you are. Because I was like, yeah, sucks to be you, Chara. I mean, I laughed my ass off whenever he came to someone he didn't actually play with. Like, an, the awkward handshake with with, with Tenorti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. like, Hi. And, like, Swayman's like, who the fuck are you again, dude? Oh, yep. okay, cool. <laughs> now, I have to admit, the reason why I went back and watched a lot of 2011 stuff is because I, 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 I've, I've started to feel bad about not feeling bad for Zdeno Chara. And I needed to remember why I loved him so much. And I'm like, ah, that's why. I don't need to be reminded about why I love him so much. It's just, you know, I I just hate seeing him in a Capitals uniform. Almost anywhere else, man. And I know why he went to the Capitals. I know... All the reasons why it wasn't just because they called him up. There were there were other considerations, but you know, I I would love for him to win another Stanley Cup, obviously, but I also think it might be time to just hang it up. I think he has talents that are very useful, and that, that they could be applied to the Bruins. Say, I don't think he full retires just yet. Maybe he's not playing in the NHL. I don't see a scenario he isn't captaining the Slovak national team for the Olympics next year. Mm. There's no fucking way he doesn't, you know, stay unofficially, un- stay officially unretired until at least then. Mm. It is extremely rare that a player just flat out retires. Like, yep, yep, not going to play next season. They, they take a year or two and be like, all right, yep, yep, I'll retire now. That's, that's well, yeah, Ginlow was a full season. Like, he moved back to Boston, and that was briefly yeah. a whole thing. And then, like, and then he's like, okay, I'm actually retiring, yeah. <laughs> Ginlow is one of those rare players that he is really good at the game, and he's interesting to talk to that would be a better analyst than Gretzky. Uh, yes, mm. very much so. And he's, uh. got, he's got a much more warm, personable... Yep. aspects to him Gretzky's yep. got a lot of hockey bot to him so that would be fun Jerome McGinley wrote the foreword to Willie O'Ree's book oh cool really yeah and basically you know because I mean he was a, a child of color growing up in very white Alberta 
you know, and he had to endure a lot of things to get to where he got to. And it's nice to have somebody who, A, blazed the way for you, and B, who you could talk to later in life, uh, you know, about playing hockey and your love of hockey and overcoming those obstacles. So, I mean, that's a, it's a fitting bookend, too, seeing as like Gillen was the first black superstar, mm-hmm. with all due respect to Grant Fuhr. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I tell you, it's a good book. It's a good read, you know, gives you the feels, makes you very angry at times because it's like white people, you know, or certain white people, you know, because it's like you're like, I'm a white person, but I would never, ever think or say the things that people said to him. So Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. So so anyway, look, I. I hope Chara makes a good decision for him, obviously. I hate to see, like, Chara just go slink back to Slovakia and never come out again. You know? <laughs> it seems I wrong. I can't imagine that's going to be the scenario. Like, there's no way, unless that's what he wants to do, that the Bruins would let that happen. Right? But I, I could see him, like, he's one of those guys who's, like, he's a coach on the ice, so there's got to be a way that you can get him into your organization to do good things with younger players because he respects younger players. He's one of the few mm-hmm. players who really, he doesn't want to call them rookies. He he refuses to call them that. He like, like have him run some sort of defensive development um, uh, a department like that go, department of goaltender excellence at the Flo- that Florida launched there with um, uh, Luongo in charge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a good thing. So, Okay, I just wanted to make sure I got my thoughts about or our thoughts about Zidane Ochara out before before he makes his decision. We don't know what he's going to decide. And we'll talk about it when we find out about it. Well. All right, so I would say, Jeff, do the big schedule. <laughs> Bruins play tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern at the Garden against for Game 1 against New York Islanders. And then at midnight... On Tuesday night, on Monday, going into Tuesday, the world apparently ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the meteor's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, game seven for Habs Leafs is is on Monday, if it happens. So like, you know, maybe you're just, you know, just, just, just hedging against that meteor. I guess so. Um, I will tell you that I, I listened to TJ Connolly's uh, radio show today. TJ Connolly, of course, is the DJ for the games at, uh, at the Bruins games at the Garden. I don't think he does Celtics. He might. I don't know. But he never talks about that. He's he's very pro Bruins, uh, you know, telling people to watch play- playoff hockey. And uh, he's like, hey, well, you know, apparently they don't like to give us anything more than 48 hours notice. So all I know is I'm playing tomorrow night or the game's tomorrow night. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like if you have him on on the radio, you ask you, you you need to ask him. Like, can't you play something besides um fucking crazy train at the beginning of games? You're gonna break poor Ty, poor, break poor Ty Anderson. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not I'm not as in with him as you think I am. I'm I'm, I'm talking about the abstract, namely the radio host should have asked such things. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I mean, look, I totally dig. That he plays Prodigy to start the second period. Yeah. That's cool. You know? I mean, yes, the song is like 20, almost 30 years old at this point, but I dig it. It's goal song. Well, y- yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's going to get changed. I just like hearing Iggy and the Stooges and the occasional front 242 song <laughs> and if you go before halloween he'll play full length goth songs it's fantastic i mean i like the i'm a big fan of the of the um uh, the games where they just lean hard into the skate punk all the way through <laughs> <laughs> i love it when he just comes up with some clever little retort via song he was playing tusk oh my god fleetwood max tusk which is this like song that it's like I I remember seeing uh, Glenn started up the the Americans in the living room one night and I was putting on makeup because I was gonna go out or something 
And I heard the music because it's just a montage. The beginning is a montage set to Tusk, right? And I'm like sitting there and I come out and I look at Glenn and I go, is that Tusk? He's like, yes. <laughs> because I, you know, it's the time period that, that they're talking yeah. about. So it's like late 70s, early 80s or something. So it's like, you know, so the music is very on point. But I was just like, huh. And he just plays it at games. And I'm just like, are you playing that? Wow, I love it. Because it's, it's, it's such a... It's such an odd... Jo- I, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a deep cut that's not that deep, you know? Like, it's you don't it's hear a lot of it because type. it's odd. <laughs> it's it's the, the, the title song of the album, but it's also, like, it involves, like, marching band, you know, sousaphones and things like that. It's like a cacophony. And I'm just like... It is so fun to hear when you, when you hear it. You're just like, what? <laughs> so um, because the video, I think the video is literally like at Dodgers Stadium and it's like a marching band playing it. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where you don't expect to hear it. So uh, that's why we love him. He has such different choices. You know, he's actually getting me kind of into LCD sound system, which I oh. never was really into because I was like, who are these schlubs? <laughs> they are neither LCD nor a sound system. What the hell is this? <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> um, you know, but it's like, you know, I, I now I'm like, oh, I thought this was this song. But no, it's actually Daft Punk is playing at my house. That's the, the only song I know by them. <laughs> and the lyrics are, Daft Punk is playing at my house, at my house. <laughs> See, Tuka digs it. Okay. So now that was a very long thing, which I may or may not cut out. So we don't know what the schedule is beyond tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess we should just go through the thing. Uh, yes, uh, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can talk to us on Twitter. At, we're at Barely on Topic. On Facebook, we're at Barely on Topic Podcast. And then, of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hen Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. I'm at Nick Baggio. And I am at LCD Sound System is neither an LCD nor sound system. What the hell's up with that? Discuss.org. Whoa. Also known as that VA from RI. <laughs> Word. So, Jeff, tell us about the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> What, am I looking too? You haven't been to the whole thing. (laughs) Sure. Okay, just tell us the update to the schedule. I'll just tack this on at the end. Well, it turns out the world's not going to end uh, end on Monday. um, In fact, game two is set for Monday, seven thirty p.m. Eastern at the Garden. So June still isn't technically happening. Oh well, no, because that is scheduled on Memorial Day, which is not in June. Yes, it is not June. That is, that is May. So, nope, still no June. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes. Technically, it is May thirty first, right? Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, there we go. There's our update. Thank you, Jeff, our, our <laughs> national schedule correspondent, or uh, no, our our Bruins schedule correspondent. Oh, Tuka. 